Well, welcome back to the Federal Retirement Show. I'm your host, Val Majewski with American Benefits Exchange. And in today's episode, we're going to revisit a topic that we've talked about before, uh, FEHB and Medicare, and focusing mostly on Medicare and some of the things that you need to know about as you're approaching or nearing retirement, and there are some decisions that you're going to be making along the way. And we want to discuss that just so you can understand all the variables, everything that goes into that decision, the the effects of that decision, and how it can really hurt your bottom line right? The money that you're getting in when it comes to your retirement income. So with me today is Mr. Lyndon Clark with National Life Group. Lyndon, really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to join me. And uh, please give a, a few minute introduction. Let us know all about you. Sure, sure. Thanks, Val. It's a, certainly it's a pleasure to be here. And um, yeah, so January of this year marks 40 years um, that uh, I've been in the financial services industry. And, um, you know, over that period of time, I've uh, Worked pretty pretty hard at academics and um, you know getting all the credentials and certified financial planner and all the other things. But you know, at the end at the end of the day, um, you know the the bottom line is doing the best I can to help people and work along with advisors to uh, you know to handle some of these retirement issues, as you said, which can be can be pretty challenging. So uh, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. I always feel a little strange talking about myself, but. We're going to see your expertise as we go, you know, through this conversation today. Yeah, yeah. But I know what what you and I have talked about in the past, and and the reason for you know this podcast episode is because we we've discussed on federal employees and you know their health insurance. But obviously, when they turn sixty five, if they're still working, they'll get uh, a particular part of Medicare, right? For those that are out yeah. there that understand, when they turn sixty five, they'll get Part A. But a big question that we get asked uh, when we talk to retirees and we talk to people nearing retirement is what are my decisions or what is the, the decision I need to make when it comes to part B and how will that impact me? Will it be a positive or a negative thing? And that's what I want to get into today with you and, and go into a little deeper discussion on that. So you know, sure. when, when it comes to part B of Medicare, you know, what are the things that we need to be looking out for and, and what are the the, the pluses and minuses when it comes to part B. Yeah. So, you know, as we, um, as you look at what these choices are, they, these are optional choices. So part B, um, part D prescription drugs. And then if you pick up Medigap, so these are all, these are all optional decisions. Um, the hospitalization part, you know, you've got, there's a lot of considerations as to, you know, what, what medical facilities, uh, accept, accept Medicare. Um, and, um, you've got to really, really kind of sift and winnow through each one of these things to see, you know, what deficit potential deficit and coverages are. Um, you know, that, that said, um, that's, you know, some of the services and we work along with people like yourself to, to go through each one of those options. Um, so let me, let me give you a, a little bit of an example on, um, uh, you know, I'll start, actually, I'll start with D and kind of work my way backwards a little bit. So, sure. so part D would be, you know, your prescription drug. Um, and I know I'm kind of like a, not answering your question directly on part B at this point, oh, but we'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. Kinda, yeah. Kind of starting a little bit backwards on this front because you know, always look at the things that are like coinsurance, deductibles, things that are really can sneak up on you and be extremely expensive. Um, and the prescription drug part is certainly one that will do that. 
Um, you know, you consider, you know, things like cancer medications and things, you know, I mean, you can go down the list of things that incredibly, incredibly high cost associated to that. So, um, if, if somebody doesn't do that, or even, even with Medigap, you know, that's a whole other conversation of itself, you know, that's a, that's a 20% additional 20% liability just through, just through those coinsurance and deductible pieces. So, um, at the end of the day, that can be, that can be pretty, pretty, pretty expensive. Um, so I just say for federal employees, a lot that we talked to will keep their FEHB, their federal employee health benefits in retirement, right? So that, that'll kind of act like their, their Medigap plan. So if they're wondering, just to click, wondering what, what uh, you mean by Medigap, it's like, yeah, to fill in that gap that Medicare doesn't pay, because Medicare will cover up to 80% generally with Part A and Part B, but that Medigap, what's going to fill in the blank generally for federal employees is going to be their FEHB in retirement. Yep. And then, you know, I know, I know that's your wheelhouse too, Val, is the, uh, you know, is, is working with federal employees. So, um, you know, with, with that, uh, with that said, um, you know, let's kind of, let's kind of work through, you know, basically what, like what Irma, what Irma is that we're going to be talking about here, if that's all right. Okay. Yes, sir. So this is the, this is the thing when somebody retires, Part A is you know automatic. You 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 get that right. Yeah. But then you've got to in what you have to do that. If you don't do it, then there's there's penalties associated with not with not taking it. So that said, is your social security benefit, your premiums come directly out of your social security benefit, and based on income. So what happened is the federal government kind of dialed the clock back a little bit. Is that the federal government? They they didn't call it a tax, but they they call it a surcharge, okay? And it's a penalty. So and it's based on income, and it also bases based on on how you file, whether you file as a single person or whether you're filing married. There's these brackets of income, and if you exceed these brackets of income, then the federal government imposes these surcharges and penalties. So this is in addition to your part B, in addition to part D, it's this in, in inflated surcharge, surcharge and penalty. And this is where people really, really get surprised. And they, it, at 65, you sign up, you think things are good, you think you get your social security benefit, all of a sudden you find out that now, because of the in the eyes of the federal government, I'm making too much money, I'm now gonna have to start to pay these additional charges. And, and that's very, very frightening. And, and the, and the thing of it is, is that there's very few professional advisors. You, you know, you would think that everybody would be aware of it, but, but they're really not. Um, a lot of professional advisors are not, whether it's CPAs, accountants, um, people in the financial services, there's not aware that this IRMA penalty, you know, these surcharges exist. And then, and then you sign up. You get your social security, you start to see these surcharges and penalties, and it's like, well, the ship kind of sailed, you know, um, and there's very, very little you can do after the fact. There are some things you can do after the fact, um, but, you know, these charges can add up to an awful lot. So IRMA, IRMA is, it's an acronym, Income Related Monthly Adjustment Amount. Now, I've just said a lot, so I'll kind of pause there for a second. 
Well, um, yeah. And I just want to clarify, just just so I understand too, right? So I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm gonna imagine that I'm the federal employee listening today, and I'm thinking, okay, Lyndon, we're talking about when I retire or once I'm 65 and I'm eligible for Medicare, I automatically get Part A, as you said. Part yep. B is optional. I do not have to take it. However, Correct. if I don't take it right away and I decide to take it later, I'm going to get penalized for delaying. And then number two, you're saying that my Part B premium, because there's an extra cost for Part B, it's optional. There's an extra cost. You're right. saying the cost for my Part B, which comes out of my social security payment, can be higher. I can be charged a higher amount mm-hmm. or a surcharged amount based yeah. on the amount of income that I earn in retirement. Is that mm-hmm. that's correct? That's that's absolutely correct. And this can add up. This is this isn't just a few hundred extra dollars, you know, based on income. It can be it can be well into six figures throughout retirement. And it's particularly for, I mean, you know, it's just something that has to be planned for um, because this this sort of this shock of suddenly getting this bill in retirement and thinking, you know, you know, you add it all, you add it all together, um, you know, it can it can be well into six figures of a of a liability that you never planned on, uh, which you know jeopardizes somebody's obviously their retirement, um, you know, not to mention the markets and rates and all the other things that you have to contend with, but these these charges can add up to an, to an awful lot. Um, yeah. And when we're looking at health benefits, I know most people do not want to have much out of pocket. So mo- a lot of folks that I talk to think, yeah, should I take Part B? You know, should I make sure all of my medical expenses are covered? I don't want to have any gaps in coverage. So I'll have Part A, Part B, and I'll have my federal employee health benefits, and I'll be I'll be good. I'll be covered, right? But you're saying that may not be the best choice for everybody because it's going to cost different. You'll get the same coverage. Then mm-hmm. cost different depending on how much income you make. So how does that how does that make sense? How are they able to get away with this Man. when when I've got the same coverage you got? Now we can get into a totally different discussion there. Right. But but you're saying I have the same coverage, you have the same coverage. We've got the same exact plan basically. Mm-hmm. But because I make more than you do, I'm charged more for that. that is, you said it's an, an adjusted amount. That is correct. That is correct. And and so then 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 it's the the conversation of well, what is considered income for purposes of these charges and so forth? So the the way that the government looks at this is they say anything that is taxable. So when you flip the switch in a retirement vowel, you know, and you, okay, now I'm going to start drawing my money from from my assets that I've accumulated, whether it's my uh, pension that I have, um, Social Security is a part of it. If I have an IRA, 401k plan. Um, it could be, it could be a capital gain income, could be, you know, rental income from properties. It could, all of the, anything that becomes taxable now counts against you for purposes of, of these IRMA surcharges and penalties. So it's pretty broad in expanse, right? Sure. Um, in terms of what gets included for purposes of, you know, triggering these, these income, these thresholds, and these penalties. And my, so, and my yeah. Irma, my Irma surcharge is not based on my income this year. Is that right. Right? It's it's a good, very good question, extremely good question. Thank you for asking that. So it, they go back two years. So the government goes back two years, and they say, okay, what was my, 
what was my income? And then they're, they're going to base it off that. So it's a rolling two years. Every two years, they're looking back at what that those income sources were, what that tax liability is, and then and then um, and then applying the the surcharges and the penalties. There's another little another little snag in all of this too. <clears throat> so, and that is if you happen to hit, which I'll cover here shortly, if you hit an Irma threshold, so one of these income brackets, if you hit it and suddenly you're triggered into this Irma thing, um, then you lose what's called the hold harmless protection. So this was something that was put into the law a number of years ago. And it basically said this, is that you're, the cost of living on your Social Security, you know, is going up by a certain percentage, whatever that happens to be. And um, if the charges for Medicare uh, inflates higher, it's higher than what the cost of living increases on Social Security, then you're protected under this hold harmless. So in other words, one won't surpass the other, right? Sure. But if you hit an Irma threshold, then suddenly oh, the game is like, the game now is 100% of your social security is eligible to pay for healthcare. Uh, you're no longer protected under the hold harmless agreement. And that becomes, that's another thing that becomes particularly frightening because now 100%, like I said, 100% of your Social Security is now eligible to pay for your health care. Now, let's keep in mind, too, that Medicare um, Medicare is estimated to inflate at 6.5% through 2028. So... If the cost is inflating at six and a half percent on average, you're no longer protected. What do you, basically your retirement portfolio? Think of how much your retirement portfolio has to do to be able to withstand those inflationary numbers, mm -hmm. right? It's 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 significant. It's it's significant. So it makes people like yourself so important, Val, to. You know, helping the welfare of you know the the um, the federal employees and others uh, plan in their retirement. It's a, it's a very very significant thing. So this hold harmless thing is a big deal. Um, don't mean to belabor it, but it's it's something you got to pay attention to. No, and I appreciate you sharing. I mean, this is yeah yeah your area of expertise and why I wanted to have you on the show to dive deeper into this because when we talked about the decision, sure, I, I mentioned it to federal employees about the cost of Part B and how the cost could be higher. If you make too much money, and you know that's it's an interesting concept to think that you're getting penalized for making too much money, but as you just mentioned, it basically is saying your social security is is up for grabs and can start paying for healthcare, which most people don't think about. They think their social security as retirement income mm -hmm. and not something that is subject to yeah. you know being taken away from them because of this. Yes, that's exactly you know and. And so the, the you know the government um, the government is very very smart on this front because the dollars that they collect from Irma surcharges and penalties actually goes to pay the federal deficit. It's where those dollars are gonna. That's where those dollars are coming from. So you know I've heard some people say, well, the government is going to fix it, and the answer is no, they're not going to fix it because it represents a significant source of revenue to actually, you know, help pay the federal budget. 
Um, so, so it's not something that's going to go away or it's going to be fixed anytime soon. In fact, there's proposals, has been proposals over time to reduce the brackets um, substantially so that you're hitting an IRMA threshold even, even faster. Um, just one more point I wanted to make is we've had, we've had some situations where it's been so severe for somebody, uh, a stay-at-home spouse who the primary wage earner has passed away they're in an Irma situation that they're losing a hundred percent of their social security benefit to pay for their health care and even writing a check to the federal government now on a quarterly basis. So imagine you're getting taxed on a benefit that you're not even getting. Right. And those are some severe situations, but have we seen it? Absolutely. And that's where Stay-at-home spouse um, from you know a, a significant wage earner can be particularly vulnerable in these situations. So and you're talking yeah. you're talking household income based on the way you file taxes. Correct. So let's say you have a retiree who still has a working spouse, and together it's not just the retiree's income. We're talking together in a two-year look back. Yep. Start at least. So. You're thinking, all right, it's just me in retirement. I'm making less money in retirement, but combined, mm-hmm. we're still making over a certain threshold. And Correct. my social security now is suffering as a result. Mm-hmm. So just, just out of curiosity, what is that first threshold? You mentioned about the government wanting to lower them. What is the first threshold? Like, So somebody's yeah. thinking, all right, if I, if I make over X amount of dollars, you know, what is what is going to be my, my minimum spot here, right? My first little part yeah. I'm going to get hit for, for the yeah. term of- So the threshold, yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, kind of, um, kind of broke up there a little bit. Um, oh, no, no problem. Sorry about that. Yeah. Just, so if you didn't, the question would be, you know, when, yeah, when would somebody hit that threshold and what is the, the income level that they'd have to hit? before they start seeing a reduction of their social security in addition to the part B regular part B premium when do they start seeing that surcharge yeah exactly so the um is separated again individual to a married couple filing jointly okay okay so for right now an individual um modified adjust, modified adjusted gross income so and we can talk about that a little bit, but it's ninety, basically ninety-one thousand or below for an individual. So if your adjusted gross income is that, that's where your first bracket you start to hit, and then it's it's roughly around one in the one eighty, low one eighties, um, one eighty-two or, or below. You're not a problem. But then once you you hit that, then you're now you're now into that next threshold, and then and then they separate it. So then they go, and these that's actually possible twenty. 2028. I was kind of shooting down the road a little bit um, on that one. Hang on here a second. I just want well, for for them to reduce something for for them to reduce the limits to make it easier for people to hit this. Urban. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. So the proposals have been, and actually, if you can just hang on a quick second here, um, not a problem. Yeah, and I just, a, I just, I know when we're talking about this, I've had, I've had people that have asked me about Medicare, and they've asked me to explain the bills that they're getting. I had a client of mine, uh, he and his spouse brought me over to their home. 
um, and laid all these forms in front of me and said, can you explain why that I look up that the Part B premium is whatever it was at the time, this is a few years back, let's say it was $130 and why are we getting charged or why are we getting charged a bill for this amount? Because they were not yet taking social security, believe it or not. So both they were both still deferring social security. So they had to then pay this additional, uh, not just a regular Part B premium, but pay that much larger amount out of pocket. And it was over $400 a month they were paying towards Part B premium, which I I had to explain to them was because, unfortunately, they made too much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've actually you you've run into this in your in your in your practice. You've seen this. I've I've seen it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, so yeah. So when we look at these brackets again, it's separated. If you're ninety one thousand individual married couple filing jointly 182 and then it starts to it starts to graduate after that so ultimately when you get up to around half you know 500,000 so or above you're kind of at the highest bracket but to answer your question you're beginning you're beginning at 91,000 for individual 182 for yeah for a married couple filing jointly and you're saying Uh, basically modified adjusted gross part of your taxable income uh is all counted towards that yeah, that's the thing. And so so that leads then to, okay, is there good news in any of this? So, so far we've been talking about, you know, all the all the bad stuff. These are depth charges. You know, I always say this is that it's the things that lay in the blind spot. You know, it's like, it's like driving down the road, particularly, particularly in Texas, right? Um, you're here, you're, you're going down the road and you go to, you go to pass somebody and, you know, you look in the rear view mirror and you, and, and uh, you don't see anything, and then and then you go to pull over to the other lane, and then all of a sudden there's a vehicle that's sitting, you know, right next to you, and you you jerk the wheel, you know, kind of maybe a silly example, but the things that are in the blind spot, things financially that always can 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 catch you, and this Irma conversation is just not one that has been had, and I, and so I compliment you, Val, so much for for doing this, um, to bring this awareness around this it's very 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 important um so so all of that said what's the good news in this there's there is yeah. good news right and the you gotta have a silver lining here somewhere yeah absolutely right you know is people like yourself where where you you know you help people create forever tax dollars to never tax dollars sure making making those dollars tax free and are there ways to do that? And there certainly are strategies and ways to do that. And so what are some of those strategies? Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, um, home, uh, you know, home equity conversions, things like, you know, those, that's completely tax-free income. Um, there's certain types of annuity contracts, um, you know, which, you know, that, that's a whole separate conversation, but there's certain types of annuity, types of annuities that can provide um, tax exclusion that comes off the radar for purposes of Irma, and also one of the things that many people don't think about is is life insurance. Sure, cash value, cash value, life insurance that it builds up in in those things. So there are there are definitely strategies that if you are you know if the ship's in the water and you're heading towards it, right. It's, it's like the Titanic, you're heading towards this Irma iceberg, 
there are things that you can do today that can dramatically um, reduce the impact of Irma when you retire. And then secondarily is if you're after, you know, it's after retirement, age 65, you know, what are some things you could do there? There are some things you can do based upon the way the tax brackets are, strategies for converting some of these taxable assets to non-taxable assets. And therefore, every time you do that, that comes off the tax radar. So it it becomes um, critically important to examine where the assets are, how they're going to be treated from a tax perspective. No, not only have we done episodes on you know, federal employee health benefits and Medicare, we've also talked about creating tax-free accounts or tax-free retirement income because the consensus, and when I talk to a group of any kind of employees, but let's just say federal government employees, I usually ask the question, which way do you think taxes are going, You know, up, down, or staying the same? And the vast majority, the consensus, it's not unanimous, but the consensus is that taxes are going to be going up. The very few saying it's going to stay the same, and nobody thinking that taxes are going to go down. So not only do we get the benefit of avoiding IRMA by creating a tax-free type account or income that will eventually be tax-free using all those vehicles that you just talked about, but we're also now paying less in taxes if we feel like taxes are going to be going up in the future. We're getting Uncle Sam out of our pocket. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and it brings up another thought as well is that if if we think about, you know, how does the federal government control tax liability? Well, there's two things they can do, right? One is the tax rate that they apply to each of the dollars that you when you go to harvest those dollars, the actual tax rate that you pay. But then they also control the threshold of which you get taxed at. So in other words, like the federal government, if they let's say that they were going to keep a 24, let's say, you know, as an example, 24% bracket, but you didn't hit 24% until you reached, you know, I'm going to make something up, say 200,000 of income. Okay. Well, they might say, okay, we'll keep the 24% bracket, but you're now going to, you're now going to hit it at a hundred thousand. They can reduce the threshold. And historically, you know, since the tax law began in 1913, there's numerous times where the government has done that, where they've kept the tax rate the same, but you're, but you're now hitting the next bracket of taxable income at a lower threshold, if that makes sense. I probably yeah, said- Yeah, so that can perfectly say, hey, we didn't raise taxes. Uh, we didn't raise tax rates, but you did because you had more people fall into the higher tax rate bucket. At a- That's right. You know, so- how are you going to hit you know that, that moving target, Val? How in the world are you going to plan for that moving target? It's impossible, right? Well, that's why, look, I share this with everybody. I say everybody I talk to in this regard, I mean, just on a personal level. I can't speak for everybody, but on a personal level, I've started shifting more of my personal retirement savings towards tax-free income sources. You know, these tax-free, tax-deferred, things that will eventually pay me an income or be a retirement bucket for myself and my family. But I know right now, I don't have to worry about taxes going up or down. I don't have to worry about Irma brackets going up or down because I'm trying to align the majority of, if not eventually all, uh, of the income that I can get in retirement with it being tax-free. A thousand percent on point. That's, that is the answer all day, every day, 
and around this issue of Irma. So the sooner somebody can start to do it, you know, like, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm 62 this year and I just turned 62. And so 65, it's like, you know, it's right around the corner for me and boy, time, time passes quick, man. <laughs> right. Um, so, um, that said, you know, I look at my, you know, my children, they're in their thirties and they're, you know, for, approaching 40 and they have grandchildren. And if you forecast what will happen in their lives in terms of what this potential, you know, tax situation will be in the future, boy, the sooner somebody can get started, the better. But you know what? Then it's never too late. You know, somebody who's like me who's 62, you know, three years from now, I start collecting social security. Actually, I'm going to wait till 67 to do that. But, um, and the, you know, and I just made myself think of one more thing too, by the way. Sure. Go for it. Okay. You'll you'll see you'll see where people will will delay Social Security age seventy, okay, and and the reason and you know the reason they do that right the reason they do that is because you get a bump in your benefit maximize the benefit yeah, but is that benefit taxable? Yes, benefits taxable right? Just by the nature of delaying your Social Security benefit age seventy, could be one of the things that trips you into an Irma bracket. So get, actually delaying more, social, yeah. getting, getting more taxable income yeah, can be the thing that can trip you right over into a problem. So that's why, you know, again, I go back to what you said previously is, is the shifting of assets to more of a tax-free nature is, uh, it's, it's the answer. So, but anyway, there's the good news, like the silver line. That's, yeah, it is. <laughs> so to, to wrap our head around everything we've talked about today, if you're not familiar with Irma, uh, not familiar with this provision when it comes to your Medicare Part B selection and how it's going to affect you, you, you got to reach out to us and get a personal benefits review done just to see uh, all the variables, your situation laid out so you can make the best decisions. So that's, you, our website is federalretirementshow.com. There's a form. Um, the, the phone number has been flashing you know, across uh, since we've been talking. You can call us. You can visit the website, fill out the form. We'd be happy to sit down with you, go over your one-on-one -on -one individual consultation, lay out everything that has to do with your benefits and retirement uh, scenario so you can make the best decisions. As a, and as Lyndon said, you don't want to be you know, caught uh, you know, with your hand in the cookie jar, so to speak, thinking you're getting all this money and next thing you know, it's taken away from you because you didn't realize that these provisions were working against you or negatively in not in your favor. So if you are thinking, okay, well, I plan on making a good amount of money in retirement. I plan on continuing to do well even when I'm collecting Social Security and I'm on Medicare. If you're interested in uh, not only just a benefits review, but ways in which you can turn more of your future income into tax-free income, that's another reason to reach out. Federalretirementshow.com is the website. Linda, I really appreciate you being on today. It's a great conversation. We feel like there are other conversations that we'll have to have. <laughs> Outside of this, so we can we can bring you back again in the future. But really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to join us. Well, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed today. Thanks everybody for listening in, and uh, God bless. Well, Lyndon, appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for taking the time. I said for everybody, you, you have a choice of who you can listen to, where you get your information. We really appreciate you tuning into the Federal Retirement Show to to learn uh, some of the insights, the ins and outs about your benefits and the, the different things when it comes to your future retirement. Again, my name is Val Majewski with American Benefits Exchange, and I look forward to seeing you on a future episode. 